It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And normally we would uh, include Murray, but he's... Where is he? He's in Saskabush. He's in Saskabush. So... I think we might hear from him later anyways. A surprise, Murray, maybe? A surprise is not necessarily a surprise anymore. No. All right. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well, this week on the podcast, we talk about Russell Crowe's fine, delicious rage. Lou Gossick Jr. playing a Cuban. What? My boy Keanu playing with Spongebob. We will talk about new films in the cinema. We will talk about new releases to streaming that we viewed. Open Rage, Merman Minute, maybe, maybe, The List, Rage or Dare. And then we socially distance hug each other to soothe our rage-filled hearts and whistle a happy, happy little tune until next week. Cool. That sounds like a pretty good show. It does sound like a great show. So we should get on with it. Yeah. Well, before we start, I have a message. Oh, let's do that. Yeah, let's talk about the message. Uh, so we have got a part of the All the Horror podcast event in October, celebrating podcasting and all things horror, where there will be one of two horror-themed podcasts every single day in October. The event this year will have the most number of podcasters involved, including yours truly, Film Rage. Uh, This year, there will be team-ups with some of your favorite podcasters, where even the podcast um, will have another guest from another podcast. So there's a lot of grouping, you know, grouping something sexual, I don't know. Uh, They're all horror-themed podcasts, even the podcasts that don't normally do horror. So you will find all the information at allthehorror18.wixsite.com forward slash event or at Twitter and Instagram at allthehorror18. So the other thing that's happening with this great, great event is there's merch. So... You want to check out also scaresthatcare.org. So this is a charity that we are supporting with this podcast event. Scares That Care was founded by Joe Ripple in 2007. He started this organization as a tribute to his friend's daughter who succumbed to terminal illness. The charity originally started with the goal of raising 10000 per year for organizations such as Make-A-Wish and the Kennedy Krieger Institute. All the horror will be supporting Scares That Care by donating the proceeds from all merchandise sales to this organization. So go buy some merch for All the Horror or just go make a donation to scaresthecare.org. All right, well, you'll be hearing more about this. We got some cool things coming up and we will be doing our event on... Friday, the 23rd of October, with a surprise guest from another podcast. Ooh, that's exciting. I know, Rot. All right. So, what did we see in theaters last week? Well, Jim, we saw SpongeBob. Sponge on the Run at Cineplex. After SpongeBob's beloved pet snail Gary is snail-napped, 
he and Patrick embark on an adventure, an epic adventure, not just an adventure, to the lost city of Atlantic City to bring Gary home. Director-writer Tim Hill stars Keanu, Clancy Brown, and Aquafina. So, let me tell you a little bit about SpongeBob. Go ahead, because I won't take long with my review. <laughs> I know you won't. You don't. Keanu Reeves, Machete, Snoop Dogg, music by the Flaming Lips, my favorite band of all time, our girl Tiff, and wait, oh yeah, and SpongeBob. First off, important to know that I'm a huge fan of SpongeBob. Have been ever since they first created it by Steve Hillenberg in 1999. That's a long time for having SpongeBob around. Sad that he never lived to see this newest release with the most star-studded guest cast yet. He died in 2008 of Lou Gehrig's disease. So that's a sad, sad, sad time for our friend SpongeBob. This started with an 11 for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Was it a hot, was it a hot mess of fucked up kids, crazy shit? Of course. If you don't get SpongeBob, no worries. He doesn't care. This cartoon falls into the category of you can be a kid, a stoned adult, a freaky nut, nutty adult with weirdo tendencies, or you just like to get silly and laugh at stupid things with your best friends. The buddy movie that Patrick, SpongeBob, and Sage, aka Keanu, take us on is this kind of silly fun ride. Only the aforementioned list will fully appreciate it. Only flaw I felt was that was near the end, all the childhood origin stories that came out, I felt that was wasted, waste of our time. Not a fan of that, even in a cartoon, because it was kind of like a montage. And if you think montages are bad, wait till you see one in a cartoon. This gets a stupid, silly, amazing cameo-ridden Mondo. Did I mention Keanu and the Flaming Lips were in this? Solid gold. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I was watching. Um, <laughs> of course you don't. Towards the end of it, honestly, I was pretty bored. Nah. There were a few laughs, but overall, meh. <laughs> hey, it got to mad. Didn't make you rage, so good. <laughs> <It> wasn't uh, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> That's it. That's all we get. That's all you get. Well, apparently, you don't fall into that category of maybe messed up crazy kid shit or stoned adult or freaky nut adult with weirdo tendencies. Actually, you fit into that category, so I'm kind of surprised you didn't. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we really need to talk about SpongeBob. It's really not an adult movie. The only reason we really went to go see it was, well, I forced everybody to go. Yep. And Keanu Reeves was in it. And I found out, which I didn't know, that the Flaming Lips, which was just icing on the cake for me, there you go. Which we will be talking about the Flaming Lips again later in this episode. Oh, will we? Yes, we will. Well, you will. I... Yeah. Fair and you'll enough. be like, what? Say what? Say what? All right. Well, we saw the Cuban. Yes, we did. At? The Plaza. The Plaza. I'm digging the Plaza. I really like watching movies. Yeah, there. man. Plaza's the shit. And if you don't live in Calgary, that's cool. I guarantee your city has a Plaza, man. Just... That old little theater that gets those little independent movies. Yep. Single theater, too. Yep. Not like 
Go, go quadruplex. Su- go support your local art house, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Cuban. Uh, let's just give you a rundown of what it was about first. Uh, a pre-med student connects with a nursing home resident through food and music. Uh, sounds pretty good. A lot of good in this. Good music, good concept, and overall a good cast. I enjoyed watching Lewis Gossett Jr. as it has been quite some time since I've seen him in anything. I also enjoy watching Shore Agdashalu. I'm glad you said it. I'll refer to you later. (laughs) Whenever she is on screen, doesn't matter what she's in, she's always good. Um, Having said that, this suffers from trying to put too much into the narrative. I do not know why we need so many side stories. The heart of this was the power of music, and that should have been the focus. Too many distractions in the periphery were made uh, in this simple story that just made this totally simple, what should have been a simple story, unnecessarily busy. There was no need for stuff going on at the periphery. Um, We definitely did not need the side story of the arranged marriage. This could have been a Mondo with this concept, but it became a rage with the ending. Well, almost a rage with the ending. Ah, oh, you're sweet for a change. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't get the point of the last five minutes of this, especially the very end back in Cuba. But in the end, I will settle on a meh, purely based on the music and a couple of worthwhile performances. Although this concept really should have been far better than it was. I was a little disappointed because looking forward to it it was just meh. Hmm. Well, I can't argue with anything you said, which always disappoints me. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was outstanding. Such a departure from what you think of his normal, hardened, grizzled character, actor that he is. So much vulnerability. Music was all great. Only complaint was, at least um, from the music side of it, was that it was just all the hits. Uh, I felt the story could have lent itself to more unknown music from the bowels of Cuban jazz, right? I mean, we we really hit all the... I mean... You kind of gave just me play shit the a little hits, bit. Jim. Yeah, it's like you kind of gave me shit going out of there. It's like, yeah, you know, they wanted to just play the hits. Let's just play the hits, which they were great, and they were. It was a great performance. Um, yeah, we weren't at a Huey Lewis concert, so you could have played something <laughs> How a little many hits deeper. Does Huey Lewis? Hey, have? what are you talking about? Like two? Why? Well, I want a new drug. Hard to rock and roll. Hip to be square. Bad is bad. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Bad is bad pow- was a hit. The power of love. Absolutely. Ah, well, yeah, no, that's that not was a hit. hit. Oh, no. that was a hit. Okay, well. Anyways, I could go on and on. But please we, don't. We don't have enough time in this podcast. To talk about Huey Lewis, or we shouldn't. I, I took my mom to Huey Lewis when he was in town last. Yeah, he's pretty good. The guy's like 70. Murray was there, know. by the way. You was know he? that, right? Yeah. How did I not see him? I don't know. He's he's big he enough like, to see. He was avoiding me. He probably. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to try and say uh, her name as well. Shoren Agadashlu? I think I did better. Yeah, you always do better in pronunciations. I'm terrible. At least I make an effort. You do. Uh, she was great. Always. Her voice alone makes me melt. Yeah. Um, see, I found scene transitions were a little forced. I felt especially when Nina gets shit from her boss 
you know, for example, when she's shaving Lewis and other interactions with who I like to call Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, I was so uh, Holly Hunter. Oh, not Holly Hunter. Uh, but what am I? What am I saying? Um, yeah, what's her name? I forget what her name is. Yeah, she, she was. It was just uh, I didn't find the interactions powerful in that. The story was a great story to tell, and glad that I saw it for Lou Gossett Jr. alone. But as I will always point out, casting non-Cuban actors to me destroys a lot of the feel and a flaw for me for the movie if the accents are not perfect. So if someone can do it right, to Murray's point a few episodes ago when I was bitching about this very same topic, Murray said, well, you know, I, I, I don't know necessarily believe Murray could do an accent for an entire play, but I'm going to believe him, I guess. Laura, uh, Lauren Holly, by the way. I've got my Holly oh, all there you mixed go. up. Your Surnames and we, first names, and it's all... Too many Hollies. Muddled. It's just too many Hollies. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I was disappointed in Lauren Holly, long story short. Yeah. No. I haven't seen her in a while, too, and I was like, oh, cool, Lauren Holly, and she was just okay. I just want casting directors to cast people from the culture that the movie is filmed on. And if that means that you don't have any stars in your movie, then don't make it with the star in it. Or or put them in it, but say, oh, they didn't happen to live in Cuba. They just happened to like Cuba or whatever the case may be. So um, that's probably my biggest complaint, it, which will be in every single movie that has miscast actors trying to play a role that they can't get the accents right. And Luke Gossick didn't get it right either. There was times where it was like he couldn't tell he was Cuban. So Yeah, he had dementia, he was Alzheimer's, he was flashing back to other people stuff. Don't, people just, don't forget how to speak their language. You are just being too hard on that guy. No, well, I'm getting, getting hard on... Well, what? You're getting, getting hard, hard on? I'm not getting a hard on. I'm getting the opposite of hard on for, for wrong accents. Yeah, anyway, yeah. this gets a predictable and convenient, but good story concept with great music, meh. Fair enough. You both got to the same place. Yeah. It's and worth a look for that. Yeah, it is. What else did we see, Jim? We saw... <laughs> did we see it? Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Oh. And he's creepy as hell. Okay, yeah, he was. He was. If y'all remember the previous weeks waiting for this, I wasn't sure I was going to like this film. The plot idea lends itself to predictable. Been there, done that idea, all about road rage. Was I wrong? They nailed the feeling of being involved in what the crazy can look like. Puts you on your edge of your seat, as if you're part of a school shooting, or in this case, like a mass murder spree, as it unfolds. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a mass murder spree. Well, I didn't kill that many people, but he was he was wanting to kill a lot more. I found it not predictable well, at all. Yeah. Every time you think, oh shit, you better do this, and then the movie, like in a normal movie, you go, oh man, you better do better not do this, you better do this, and then and then you're waiting for it, and of course they don't. Um, where in this particular movie, they actually do it, but they make you wait for it. So they make you angry because you're like, why aren't you doing this? And then they sure enough do it, but it just takes time. So they draw out that emotion in you. Uh, uh, akin, I'm too, given this perfect example in reverse of that is Invisible Man, which was done terribly. <sighs> they take the logical trail of this sociopath adventure into hell and you never know what Russell Crowe is going to do next. 
This was a chubby chasing rage filled murder spree mondo. Russell Crowe is my new favorite horror slasher villain. Favorite line. Here's your fucking courtesy. <laughs> good at good on him. It's too bad. Well, maybe he did live. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a, a, a number two. <laughs> Unhinged two. <laughs> Back from the dead. Uh, All right. Well, what'd you think? Because uh, this had a lot of driving. Yeah, I don't like driving. That I much, know man. you don't. So, yeah, um, this was simply a lesson in manners. Simply stated, if you are polite, you can avoid having the people around you killed. Our primary character, Rachel, learned that a courtesy honk as opposed to an obnoxious lean on the horn can change the course of your life for the better. It was nice to see that she was able to learn that lesson by the end of the film, and only a few people had to die in order to do so. <laughs> it was also nice to see that Russell Crowe's character was willing to do whatever it took to enlighten Rachel. He was willing to pay the ultimate price to make sure that Rachel learned a lesson that not only would she never forget, but would ultimately make her a better person. Russell Crowe's character was clearly the hero of this story. It was nice to see a movie with such a positive message. I liked a lot of this movie, although a few, although fewer car chases would have been nice. Overall, this was a, not a mondo, it was a high meh for delivering such a positive message of decency. That is what I was supposed to take out of this movie, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. That, I nailed that, it. <laughs> nailed it. Absolutely. You know, as you're as you're watching it, you're like, okay, so yes, it's got a positive message somewhat, but the oh. key message is when you see a crazed person, don't fuck with them. Just be polite. You Let's could, all just be polite I don't, to each I, you other. You know what? He was already in his state of, of, no, of no, psychopath. No, no, no. Wow. He, was, he, was, he just went what? in he and gave, murdered his wife. No, no. He gave her the chance. He oh no! Gave she, her the chance. He did give her the chance. He's like, and he apologized to her. He did. And all he was asking was for that in return. Mm. And I don't think he was being unreasonable at all. Yeah. As I as I mentioned before, the hero of this story was Russell Crowe <laughs> as the man. Okay. So the the other innocent people, like her friend at the restaurant, he deserved what he got. You know what? I don't know. He was annoying me pretty good. I think maybe he did deserve what he got. Oh, God. I mean, I'm not disappointed he died because hey, it was a pretty hey, good scene. But. In, the, in the end, a lesson was learned. And sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the important thing is, is she... Having said that, don't make an omelet. Yeah. To make the vegan choice. Yeah. What is the vegan choice of omelet? I don't know. Tofu. Liquid tofu. Yeah, liquid tofu. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. That's a good selling point there. So, got a Mondo and we got a meh for that one. We did. But I want to see more Russell Crowe. That's what more I want to see. More Russell Crowe. Yeah, you know what? Playing stuff like that, why not? All right, so rumor on the street has it that uh, there's not much opening this weekend. Not much at all. Not much at all. One of them we've already seen, so we can't go away. We'll go see it again. Yeah, I don't even know why you're bringing that up. I just had to say it because right. that's what we're getting now. Well that's, well, that's what's happening. They're just re-releasing stuff from. But yeah, that's an odd one. And what we're seeing, we could have seen last weekend if we had more time because it was out last weekend. Yeah, made in Italy. Well, tell us about this. 
Uh, made in Italy, stars Liam Neeson, and apparently he does not have a family member kidnapped. What? And he's Are not, you sure it's Liam Neeson? Not, 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 not only that, he's also not seeking revenge in this one. So right, off, right off the bat, I am confused. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be actually a good movie then? Well, maybe. Apparently, this is about a father and his estranged son selling a house left to them by his late wife. It does not sound like there will be any revenge killing in this one, but I feel it may be a there might be a swerve in it. As you know, Liam, it is a Liam Neeson. It is movie. Liam Neeson. He usually so, likes to rage. So I guess we'll find out. Maybe I think we're going to it. Yeah, we're definitely going to go right, see. We're it. going it's to it. It's the only thing that's out. So all right, so that we haven't made seen. in Italy. Maybe, but maybe not a Liam Neeson revenge movie. We're not sure. That's right. It also may, the trailers may not be lead terrible. You, trailers lead you to believe that it's not, but it's still a Liam Neeson movie. I'm, I haven't done all the research, but just because of the number of Liam Neeson movies I've hated lately. Yes. Uh, we may even have to look into him being on the doubted list. All right. Well, because I mean, you think of Liam Neeson from the past. Oh, he's great. Rob Roy. Yeah. And like just one even after Dark another. Man. Man, Dark Man. Yes. Dark. Love Don't Dark even get Man. me started talking about Dark Man, how much I love. That was on my list for favorite superheroes. I know. So, yeah. And then he's just made one movie after another that has made me rage because the plots are terrible. This writing mm -hmm. is awful. The plots are the same. I swear to God. It's yeah. just the same script. It's just the same over script over. And over and I and know. Over. And it's not even, I realize there's taken one, two, three, four, eight, seven, twelve, fourteen, whatever, yeah. however many takens there's been. But he's also got all those other movies that are exact same yes. plot, exact same setup, exact same everything. The only one that I can think of, there was one he had like, he was in the Arctic or something. It was cold outside and there was wolves involved or something. Yeah, that was a little different. I but guess, he was still raging in it, which yeah. is okay. I mean, who doesn't love a little bit now, of rage? What the heck was that called? I don't even remember. Eh, we'll look it up. But because one of us might put forward him on the doubted list. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I'm pretty convinced. Right. I mean, if we if this movie well, this weekend, I'm not going to, but uh, someone else see, might. Uh, someone who does all the work for it. Yes, that's probably me. What? <laughs> yeah, history. Say history, what? history tells the story, but uh, only if this movie this weekend makes me rage. Mm. So if this movie makes me rage, I'll be doing the homework for Liam Neeson for next week, people. All right. Well. Be prepared. Be prepared. Well, even if it, even if it's a meh, you probably have to look it up because you know one meh doesn't make it a no. So if he's like rage, 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 meh, he could still be on the doubted list. That's true. Yeah. Well, the last one would have been a rage. You'd have to have back to back mehs to get him out. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that'll happen. Mm. All right. All right. So we want to dance. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Streaming, motherfucking streaming. We're just streaming, and Bryce, we're doing what? Streaming. And Murray's in Saskabush, but I bet you he's streaming. All right. So I guess we'll start with uh, Jaxay. Is that what we're starting with? Jaxay. Jaxay. On Prime. Jexy on Prime. Uh, yeah. Uh, movie about a guy who loves his phone. <laughs> Literally I, loves yeah. his phone. I was not really looking forward to this, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. 
The opening scene was really funny, which involved Michael Peña, Ron Funches, and Charlene Yee in a morning work meeting, all of which I enjoy watching. I love the, all, those, all those actors. I thought after the opening scene that this might actually be a really good movie. But for the most part, it wasn't. The Michael Peña scenes were... Good? <laughs> they were good. <laughs> but um, that was it? Yeah, no, the, the Michael scenes... Pena scenes were all stellar, and later on we get Wanda Sykes working at a cell phone store, turning up the funny, as she always does. But other than that, this wasn't terrific. Honestly, I think the language got to me after a while. The script had this operating system named Jexy, swearing and saying outrageous things so often that the initial shock value wore off quickly along with the humor. It became annoying, which brings us to Adam Devine. He can be mildly amusing in small doses, but to ask him to carry a film is a bit much. Watching him as a primary character for almost 90 minutes is a little painful. So long story short, this would have been a rage, but because I enjoyed Michael Peña and Wanda Sykes so much in every scene they were in, this ended up as a meh. Oh, wow. Hmm. Who would have thought it? I'm impressed. So who th- ever thought that the evil, twisted, oversexed version of Siri and Alexa's adopted child could make me laugh for a solid hour? Wanda Sykes, as in anything, is perfect. Absolutely. Michael Pena, perfect. Absolutely. Adam Devine was his regular idiot hilarity for me, because I like him. Small doses. Huge fan of workaholics. So much stupid funny. Yes, it's a rom-com, but because it was more funny than romance, it was not annoying me. Plus, I love the blue language. So the more dirty Jexy got, including Adam Devine having sex with her with his cable, was hilarious. It was just too much. It got to the point where it wasn't even shocking anymore. The shock value wore off. The, the funny completely Him having wore sex off. with the phone was pretty funny. Yeah, okay, that was fine. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't part of the ridiculous things that she was saying constantly. Yeah. That just I didn't bother got, me so much. Point I was, was laughing like, at it too much. Um, this gets a laugh myself stupid mondo, especially for how they make Jexy take it in an Adam's Divine's character. And if you know what I mean by taking it in, she took him in. Yeah, I don't know. What all the way about. in. I don't know. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Well, it's not a full raspberry. No, you gave it a meh. It was a meh, but only, only because of Pena and Sykes. So what's okay? So you gotta have a, a sound effect through your mouth because you're raspberrying stuff, even that you think is a meh. Raspberries only go to rages. That was a mild raspberry. Still, it was. If it was raspberry. a rage. It would have been. <gasps> you have a button that says meh. You don't have to spit on your microphone. I just did though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. What else did we see? Arkansas. 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 On also on Prime. Prime. Um. So first off, yes. as a surprise, mm-hmm. my favorite band in the entire world was the surprise band who did the soundtrack in this movie. I forgot about that. You're right. Yes. They were the fucked up weirdo country band you would swear were on crack as they perform in that country bar. Yes, the Flaming Lips had their signature all over this movie. 
oh, I'm about to explode in gigastic orgasmatronian joy. And that's just about the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. What about the Just movie? wait okay. and let me finish first. Now, as far as the movie, uh, Eden or Eden Brolin was amazing. John Vel- Melkovich is always amazing. He's so good. Clark Duke is amazing. Yep. Mr. Helmsworth is amazing. The whole cast was super solidly, fucktastically amazing. Dialogue was so incredible. I wanted to inhale every word like a smokestack of literally genius as it channeled out of the amazing characters' tongues. Favorite lines were so many to list, but here are just a few of my favorites. And this is a little bit of dialogue. Wait, you say church? Yeah, you should try it sometime. I have. We all have. Well, try it again. Maybe it'll stick. Loved it. Or may you dream of offered tits by his majesty, John Melkovich. Even in his deathbed, it was his dying words. Like, who writes a script that's dying words are, may you dream of offered tits, and then you drop dead. Or dogs like having sex with humans. It would be like you having sex with a hot alien. (laughs) I almost want to recite this entire movie. I thought the dialogue in this was so fucking priceless. This gets a flaming lips. Best screenplay I've heard this year. Motherfucking drug dealing Mondo. I loved every second of it. Wow. I thought you'd like this, but I didn't think you'd like it quite this much. I completely think this is the best movie I've seen this year. Wow. I I liked it a lot. I didn't like it that much. I totally loved it. I'm not sure it's a Mondo. How is the... How is the... Oh, my God. How could you not love this dialogue? Every word was fantastic. The the dialogue was great. So, anyways, this was a total character-driven movie. I had a very... What a surprise. I I loved it. I had a very good time watching it. I actually think you could have plopped these characters into any story and I would have enjoyed it. John Malkovich as Bright was a lot of fun to watch. Writer, director, and star Clark Duke wore wore a lot of hats in this production and was competent in all of them. Vince Vaughn did what Vince Vaughn does. Vivica A. Fox as the mysterious drug supplier that was only referred to as her um, was also very good. This was a really, really solid cast. Like the bummer ending, although it was pretty predictable. Yeah. I am looking forward to for like more from Clark Duke as a director. Uh, yeah. As this was a solid start. He just done a couple of shorts before this. This yeah. was his first feature. And yeah. man, I am so looking forward to everything he's going to do after this. It wasn't quite a Mondo, though. This was a very, very, very enjoyable man. You are completely wrong. I can't I even be more it. complete. I th- I can't. How could you not love this? The dialogue alone, every word. I couldn't. I've never sat in a movie and and wanted to hear everything. I had to even repeat things, and I put the subtitles on because sometimes just so you wouldn't miss just so anything. I wouldn't miss the words. I yeah. This is literally this is my favorite movie I've seen this year. Cool. 
I can't believe you gave it a man. Hey, I'm the one that said, let's watch it this week. So yeah. you're welcome. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you, <laughs> you did say, let's watch it. But I still can't believe, I how did you said, not love this I movie? I actually said, let's watch it last week, and I watched it, and yeah. you didn't. I think maybe you forgot how amazing it was. <laughs> I was. No, that's why I brought it up again. I said, you know what? We should really watch it. Yeah, but how, did, how would you, how did this get a man? Okay, you haven't even I given me a good it. reason. Why is this not a Mondo? The script was awesome. Yes. The acting was awesome. Yes. It was really funny. Yes. It was clever. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it was just a man. Holy shit, dude. You are... Writing was spectacular. Did, there's not one criticism. You haven't even got one criticism. Yeah. It's the feeling that you get at the end, No, though. it's not a feeling. You ball it all together. Oh, my God. You, you are... Say, you are completely... Oh, I don't even want to say what I'm feeling about you. You are, yeah, you're crazy. People, it's, you need to see this movie. It's a high man. It's it's literally the best movie I've seen this year. It is a lot of fun. And, and the Flaming well Lips do the soundtrack. There you so go. It's another all, good reason. It is so good. It is so, this is a, might be as close to a Mondo as you can get without being <laughs> I one. I can't believe you're giving this a man. You are so wrong. This is the, I've never been so disappointed in you in your entire life. In your entire life. It was good. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about We Summon the Darkness? Do we have to? Yes, we do. <laughs> we have to. I don't want to. As much as I want to punch you in the face for giving that last one a meh, this one I think we're going to be pretty close on. All right. Well, I guess I should, so We Summon the Darkness was on Netflix. Uh, synopsis real quick some young ladies pick up some young men at a heavy metal concert and decide to keep the party going after the show i think that's it right is that the synopsis pretty much yeah then a lot of predictable uninspired violence occurs um if i was asked to watch this movie in five minute segments and at the end of each segment i was asked what comes next (laughs) i would have been right every time (laughs) from the time they got to the house on it was completely predictable I can deal with predictable if I'm having a good time. In this case, I was not having a good time. Badly acted, badly lit, music was not good. And a com- so metal. And here's the biggest crime of all a complete, and I mean a complete waste of Johnny Knoxville. I did not like this movie. Rage. What? I'm actually surprised because I love this movie. No, you didn't. I absolutely thought it was great. In fact, no, I might have only just been a meh. Because, you know, now I'm thinking about it. There's parts about it I didn't mind, actually. That's just silly. <laughs> it's getting very sillier than you give me or Kansas. <laughs> I can't even say Arkansas now. It's just <laughs> Arkansas. I can't believe you're, you've given Arkansas. It was so good. It no. had superior acting. It, it had it had a You great have not script. one it thing negative. Funny. If you have a movie people but at the that you can't day, find anything negative about it and only great things, it is a mondo. I love that movie, but you know, it was just a movie. You said you liked it. Now you love it. I think you're fucking with me is what I think. I think you thought it was mondo, but you're trying to get me to rage before I get to my rage segment. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one word to display to displain, 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 displain to, to me, displain Jim. this movie that we saw called "We Summon the Darkness," and that is "Ugh." That's about right. Poser metal with poser people and poser dialogue. Ugh. The only good thing was Johnny Knoxville, and that wasn't even that great. Yeah, eighties period piece. Okay, why? 
Again, I, I hate to go off I, on I, my rages about period pieces, love, but there was no reason this needed to be a period love piece. 80s period pieces. Yeah, this. why? Well, in this case, I don't know. Well, so they could have the conversation about... Um, about what? What What made this necessary? Well, they had to talk about Cliff Burton and Metallica. They could have talked about Cliff Burton. Dave Neustadt. They still could have talked about it. Taken over there was just a base. documentary written about him. They could have said they watched that. Jason it could have Neustadt. been done today. I got the name wrong. Jason Neustadt. Yeah. Well, no. It did not need to be an 80s period piece. Yeah, but... And stop making hey, period pieces hey, if there's no reason hey, to make a period hey, piece. Hey, Cliff Burton's still the king. I love that guy. I don't... He's a great I, bass player. I can't argue with that, but it didn't need to be in the 80s. What was... It did. There's no reason this needed to be in the... Because there's just as much Burton, Satan today as there the is back then the cliff burton conversation would have been like stale this oh had i'm to be sorry happen. the one thing i'm sorry are you saying the dialogue was that was, was good no that was it but that was the only part of the movie i enjoyed even a little bit was them saying how good. well they cliff could have burton still was. talked about how good he was and then it could have been this year so it was way too slow yes not enough of anything for yes. a horror yes took too long to get anywhere and yes. not really a surprise about who the bad guys were no like at all Thought it took forever, but then I noticed it was only 30 minutes into the movie. I yeah. said, isn't this been an hour and a half already? No. And before anything even remotely interesting happens. All that said, more stuff did finally happen. I wanted to get less predictable and more murderous. I didn't hate all of it, but I also didn't like it all that much either i think i hated all of it gets uh not enough satan for a satanic movie high rage yeah extra points for johnny knoxville as the evil minister like we are surprised that there's an evil minister that is surprising no it's not oh, i think yeah. that's it's almost a prerequisite right it's kind of like now now i don't want to get into are, my there bashing there are a lot of good now don't you know one bad egg doesn't spoil the a omelet again? Are you bringing up eggs again? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, you don't have enough omelet in your diet. I have none. Liquid. None omelet. <laughs> don't have enough liquid tofu in your diet. Mm. Well, so we had a stinker. Which you know what? I always like having a stinker before we move into the next segment. There you go. Get y'all warmed you up. You want to get all hot and bothered for what's coming next? Yes. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. So my rage this week is Canadian cinema. Where are all the great Canadian stories? What happened to our film culture? Are we just the Canawood of the North? Where Hollywood comes to make their movies cheaply? I would say yes. That's pretty much all we are these days. I don't know how many Canadian produced films we've seen in the last little while that hasn't got to a mondo. And it's disappointing me because Canadians are funny on the whole. And I don't just mean on the whole. I mean, you know, in general, they're also funny. So I don't understand why we're not doing like you go back to talk about the 80s. There's a shitload of great Canadian comedies that had a ton of great Canadian comedians and yeah, maybe they were made in the U.S., but there's a lot of great content here. Yeah. And we have stories to tell, other than Anna Green Gables, which I would, that we wish they will please stop 
reintroducing that to the Canadian public and make another story. How many books are written by Canadian authors that are amazing? And Lots. we can't get any of them into a film that people are going to support. And another thing that pisses me off is when you make a movie that's in Canada and takes place in Canada, I got to give kudos to Hard Target that movie was with target number one yeah hard, hard target number one no no hard. i was impressed that they they talked about the fact that it took place in canada i mean it does take place in canada but why they didn't try to pretend it didn't take place in canada and they told a canadian story yes like stop stop just watering down our canadian culture we're pretty exciting people we got a lot of funny shit that we can share and there's a lot of great canadian books that have been written Let's bring these to the film. And you know what? If they're good, everybody around the world will watch it. We just saw that from Parasite. Yeah. I mean, people are go people will go to see a movie if it's good. It doesn't matter which languages. I know we speak a little bit different about stuff up here, <laughs> but boot. But we, you know, we speak English and maybe the Brits and the Aussies need to put subtitles on when we're talking, but because they I can't understand us? I don't think they do. I think they can understand. I don't know. I like every Irish film I see, I have to watch with subtitles. I can't understand what they're saying. Really? Yeah. It's odd. It's and I know. It's crazy, but it's there. Um yeah, so my rage is we need some better Canadian content and we need it now, especially as we're coming out of COVID next year. I expect to see a lot more coming out. I don't know if you're on board with that or not, but... I could go for some better Canadian movies. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? That sounds I like mean, a when really was the last idea. really good Canadian film that didn't come out of Quebec that you've seen? Ah, uh, don't put me on the spot. No, I know, but you know what I'm I'm just making a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, well, almost the, everything the that comes that out... The fact that nothing's jumping to mind makes your point. Right. So, interesting, I want to leave this, my segment, with one comment... A few years ago, we had, uh, when I was at a film festival, and we hung out with this director. For, I won't talk about the film and everything, but he was a, a French director. And he was here, and I asked him, I said, why is everything that comes out of Montreal freaking awesome? And he says, well, because it's tough for the people in Montreal to get jobs in, like, Hollywood, whereas all the English-speaking people, people go to Hollywood and make movies. Yeah, I guess so, so so you're left with the best of the best of the best that stays in Quebec and and writes French film. So I mean, go where the money is, sure, but you know, come back and make some Canadian films. And where are all the writers? I hope they're not all sitting in in Hollywood. Cool. That's my rage. Nicely put. What you got, baby? Well, Speaking of Satan. Mm, I like this music. Satan. I actually feel like I should turn it up because I'm not sure my rage is worthy this week. <laughs> You're not worthy. We're not worthy. Yeah, maybe Speaking of Canadians. Might, might be too happy lately or something. It's uh, coming up Bryce. Uh, exactly. Everything does come up Bryce. It's good to be Bryce. It's not a bad thing at all. Um, basically, what it comes down to is I actually want to see, uh, see more black and white movies. I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> See, I'm getting, I'm getting faces already. What? No. Yeah, no. 
there's too much too much bit like and it came to me while I'm watching SpongeBob because there's all this color being bombarded at my eyes. And we got all this yellows and blues and greens and it's like, oh, this is dizzying. Wouldn't SpongeBob <laughs> have been nice? It was a nice black and white if film. If it was an art nouveau movie, maybe. Yeah. So I was that's what kind of brought this up. Because if you if you even look at the black and white that have been made in the 2000s. I mean, they're all excellent. So why not uh, get more of that? Every now and then, Guy Madden, he, he makes he makes uh, a, a couple of movies, the saddest music in the world. Come Dead on. men don't wear plaid. Uh, cowards bend the knee. Guy Madden, good stuff. Uh, the man who wasn't there, the Coens, black and white, awesome. I think when you get black and white, you focus more. I don't need all these pretty colors distracting me from what I'm watching. I need a nice solid grays and some blacks and some whites and nothing too vibrant so that I can focus on the story. (laughs) I don't know why you're laughing. This is so true. You know, if you're just walking and sitting in rooms talking like you normally like, I guess it doesn't really matter what colors are there. Embrace of the Serpent took place mostly outside, and that was a freaking classic from 2015. You couldn't have made the color out of space in black and white. No, no, could you? I think you could have. No, it's a color out in space. I think that... And black is not a color, and neither is white. With the right director. No. Could have been done. No, and I would never want to see it. I'm telling you, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's world cinema... The black and white movies, they're so focused. They're so good. And they've got a... They've got... (laughs) I don't know why you're shaking your head. (laughs) What do you mean? The best thing about The Wizard of Oz is when they fucking land in Oz and everything's in color. Ah, is it though? Yes! Absolutely! The ruby slippers don't mean anything if they're shining, sparkling gray. Okay, but I, I present this to you. Wouldn't it have been better? If only her shoes were red? Yes. No. Because Munchkinland is awesome because it's in color. Emerald City, I wouldn't, and you just have sporadic color everywhere. That's just crazy talk. It's just busy. No. I don't like busy. Okay, I will agree with you if all the movie was was sitting in rooms talking or walking around, I'm okay with black and white. Hey, Sin City, it was black and white with just a splash of red here and there. That was good. That was good. You had black, you had white, yeah. you had a little bit But that's bit of also red. because it's a comic that's written that way, so they they were true to the comic. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Read the comic. There's a comic, you're right. really? You're right. I this know week there's is a lame. comic. <laughs> Whatever. Good night and good luck from, from George Clooney. That would have sucked if it was in color. You got to focus on the story because it was black and white. Mm-hmm. City of Life and Death and uh, Polytechnic. Mm-hmm. Awesome movies. I don't agree. I don't disagree. They are awesome movies. Imagine how great they would have been if they were in color. Well, no. Well, <laughs> City of Life and Death, how could you make that in color? Xuan yeah, Lu, Occupation in Nanjing by Japan in 1937. It does feel out better. If, if, if it was in color, some of the scenes would have been maybe too gruesome. I'll give you one black and white release a year. That's what I'll give you. I want two a week. Ugh, I want to vomit and, right now. And I want there to be a pretty steady cam. I don't want too many camera movements. Why don't you just make this movie? It sounds like you've got it written in well, your head. Well, here was the thing. 
<laughs> there was a time when I was thinking of making a short, and I'm thinking maybe I should extend it into a feature length. And what that short was is that I was going to be standing at a bus stop. Okay, mm -hmm. I take out a package of gum. Mm -hmm. I pull out the gum. Mm -hmm. I put it in my mouth. Right. Someone else walks up as I'm doing this. Right. I turn to them and I say to them, chew. To which they nod as if to say, yes, I would love a piece of gum. Mm -hmm. So I pull I'm already out, bored at I this movie. I pull out the piece of gum and I hand it to them. At which point... They, they say it, chew? No, they put it in their mouth. And then they say chew? And then they start chewing. So now we're standing at a bus stop. Right. We're chewing the this gum. This is fitting a short, actually. Okay. Okay. This we're chewing the gum. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to just take, you know, different, nothing too crazy, but some different camera angles of me and this other person chewing, chewing gum. gum. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then. You lost me. No, but <clears throat> here's the thing. I thought it was going to be about a six or seven minute short of just like six or seven minutes of me chewing gum. Yeah. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if I extended this out to like 90 minutes? That would be the worst movie ever made, and I would never see it. You would have to pay here, me, and I then I would lie and say I saw ah, it, but and then I would not see it. I haven't told you the best part. Do they kill each other? No. And then blood comes no, out nothing, of their eyes because the no. gum is poison? No, nothing happens. They just chew gum. This is terrible. <laughs> and no one would pay to see that. No, I think it's good. No. And at the end, fade to black. And then it says the previous story was based on actual events. Bam. Wow. Good, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> It better be a short, and it better be less than three minutes, or it's getting a no. Because the longer rage. it goes, the more effective the end is. No, there's no, there's no like happy if, ending in that movie. Like if you could make it three hours, it would be like super dupe. Like everybody would be walking I'm, out, going, "That was the greatest ending ever." I want to say I want to hear Mr. Furious right now, but my rage is not subsiding. <laughs> rage subsiding. Well, we have a special surprise for people. All right, it's time for the Merman Minute. Now, I'm actually not with my fellow Ragers this week, but here we go anyway. I can now add the latest Russell Crowe movie to the list of movies of his that I love. He was wonderfully evil and sadistic and cruel and uh, unhinged. It was awesome. So I present to you the best of Russell Crowe, according to me. Now, because he's so awesome, I couldn't just come up with five, so there's seven. So here goes. Number seven, The Quick and the Dead, 1995. It was his first big breakthrough role, and the uh, co-star was Sharon Stone, who I don't even like that much. Directed by one of my favorites, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi's and awesome. And Leo DiCaprio was in it too. And of course, the awesome Gene Hackman is the bad guy. Uh, it was just awesome. And uh, just horribly cheesy, but it was it was great. It's All right, number six, The Nice Guys, 2016. This is, uh, he's not really known as, as a comedian, but he was very... Uh, good playing a straight man to Ryan Gosling's goofball of a private detective um, and they had great chemistry together it was a great buddy movie directed by Shane Black who did all the Lethal Weapon movies uh, there was just it, 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 and it was set in the 70s it was just wonderful 
Uh, then we got number five, American Gangster. Uh, Ridley Scott's movie uh, about, gangst about gangster uh, Frank Lucas, starring the uh, amazing Denzel Washington. And uh, Russell and Denzel didn't even have a scene together until the end of the movie. It was a whole cat and mouse game they played throughout the whole movie, which was like almost three hours long. But it was, it, they had great chemistry when they were on, on, on screen together. And even had Josh Brolin in it. Uh, then we got number four, Cinderella Man. Now, it was very underrated. A lot of people didn't like it much. It was by Ron Howard. Uh, it was a biopic on uh, James J. Braddock, who basically went from being a, you know, a well-off boxer in the, to being almost homeless in the Depression. And he fought his way back. Uh, and then he actually paid back all of the money that the government had given him during the, the Depression, which was unheard of back then. And it was, it was a good performance. And Renee Zellweger was okay in it, too. Um, I liked it a lot. And then we got number three, uh, L.A. Confidential. Now, I don't remember this too much, but I do remember it being a really good movie. 1997, uh, I played uh, uh, LAPD officer Bud White, and basically he was looking at uh, a bunch of crimes uh, about men who used to beat up women and took place in, I think, the 50s. And Kim Basinger actually won an Oscar for it. Guy Pierce was in it. Uh, Kevin Spacey, great ensemble cast. Then we got number two, Gladiator. Of course, uh, he won an Oscar for this. Um, as Maximus, basically, he, a general who went from leading an army to being a slave and then fought in the, the arena battles of the Colosseum and avenged a, a retribution on the slaying of his family. And it was actually the, one of the few movies I liked that Lee Phoenix... I'm sorry, Joaquin Phoenix was in. He was a very creepy, sister-loving, sadistic POS. So uh, Crow is just phenomenal in this. Uh, every emotion uh, possible he, he went through. And it was a great ending. And number one was A Beautiful Mind. Now, it, it's I, I don't like everything about this movie. It, I mean, I like because Ron Howard did it. That was the main reason why I, why I saw it. But uh, Crow's performance as Nash was just, I think, his best work on film. It just went through a lot, like all this paranoid schizophrenia and hallucinations and trying to figure out what's real and what isn't. Uh, Jennifer Connelly actually won an Oscar Best Supporting Actress, which was controversial because she was actually a lead actress. Uh, and it also uh, had in it uh, her future husband, Paul Bettany, also known as... Jarvis, the real star of Iron Man. Uh, so yeah, uh, Crow actually uh, was nominated for an Oscar. Didn't win that that year, but uh, it had a few issues. But I thought it was a good movie, and it was by far his best performance. Uh, yeah. So as you can tell, I'm a huge Russell Crowe fan, and go out and see Unhinged because it is awesome. And that's it for the Merman Minute. All right. Well, who doesn't love sister love? I don't know why you had a problem with that. Joaquin slash Leaf. <laughs> love me that sister love in that movie. There you go. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mur. You always bring the joy. Well, 
Last time on Rage or Dare, Bryce dodged one bullet only to take two double-barreled laser blasts in the chest as he took a second scoop of delicious from my juicy, succulent, glistening bag with Eddie Murphy's finest sci-fi film, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. This week, I will have to reach slowly yet gingerly, wink, wink, to the ginger wannabe into Bryce's bag, treating it like taking the funny bone from Calamity Sam from the game operation in hopes to take the least worst painful bone. Let's check in with Bryce and see what, if Eddie Murphy is funny to laugh at or laugh with in this week's Rage or Dare. All right. I'm sorry, what was I supposed to watch? The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, good, because that's what I watched. Thank God. All right. uh, Wasn't this awesome? This was sort of like the comedy version of Total Recall. And to be honest, it wasn't that bad. The cast was stellar with the likes of Eddie Murphy, Rosario Dawson, Randy Quaid, Joe Pantoliano, Luis Guzman, Pam Greer, Jay Moore, Peter Boyle, Ileana Douglas, Burt Young, and John Cleese. How could it be bad? I know, right? It, it was probably fantastic. It had some laughs, although not as many as I would have liked. It was campy, and it didn't hide from that fact. I feel as though this was another example of a movie that for some reason critics start to pile on, and next thing you know, people are calling it one of the worst things they have ever seen. Although in many cases, they probably haven't even seen it. I mean, don't get me wrong, this was not terrific, but... Was it bad? Yes, it was. Nah. It was, what is that word used to describe a movie that's okay, but not Mondo? Huh. Oh. I don't know, because this, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The Adventures of Pluto Nash was a fairly harmless, mildly entertaining, meh. Ugh. You're, I don't know where, I, you... You gave the same... Ugh, I can't believe you gave the same rating to Jexy that you gave to that piece of trash. I gave the same rating to Arkansas. I know! Oh, don't even get me started! You're putting them in the same category. But Ar- Arkansas was like a super high man. Okay, give me your terrible bag. I can't believe that you actually liked that movie. Well, liked it. It's yes. a like. You actually liked... I didn't hate the it. The Adventures of Pluto I, Nash. I People, this it. is what I have to work with here. I didn't mind it. He now, gave a mat to the best movie I've seen this year. The best writing and character development of any movie I've seen this year. So before I give you the bag, you sure you don't want to take a, a dare? Well, you can't pick through the bag. Give me the bag. I'm, I'm picking... just separating them so you don't grab two, you wanker. Oh, yeah. You're, you're licking it, so I'll pick your stinky nothing. sex bag. And this bag is terribly stinky. What have you been doing in this bag? None of your business bag is the worst thing I've touched today. (laughs) What'd you come up with? (laughs) Come on. Lay it on me. I wouldn't be... Actually, I don't think I hated this one as much as you did, so we might have a a double meh back-to-back because I get to watch our newly released from our doubted list. Oh, really? It's a Kevin James movie? It's a Kevin James movie. 
Here comes the boom. <laughs> I think Cameron Diaz is that too. I know. And who doesn't love Cameron Diaz? This is going to be so funny. It's going to be way funnier than Pluto Nash. I, can I tell used you that. to like Cameron Diaz before she got all anorexic. And I don't yeah. know what she's doing now. She retired. She looks like a skeleton. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Kevin James now that he's not doubted I anymore. I am looking forward to hear what you think of Here Comes the Boom next week. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, what about uh, the lists? We didn't do the lists. How did that happen? I don't know. Huh. Oh, well. You know what? I'll make this easy for you. I didn't bring anything this week. Are and unless serious? you brought something. Really? Nope. I've got nothing. You unless got Murray's nothing? here, I'm not bringing something forward. We got to have all three of us. Really? So I'm not putting it out. I've got a bag full of lists, but it's not coming out without Murray. Well, I got nothing prepared. That's good. Well, I guess we got to, I guess we're done. <laughs> all right. That's it for this week. Let's close it out. Ah, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. Thanks to Merman, who's in Saskabush, who's coming back, and we'll see him next week. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for listeners. So... Please comment often and please, please make us rage. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.